Welcome back. Good news. It's good to be with you once again. I'm Reverend Jonathan Sixtos, your host, also licensed and ordained minister, youth pastor, associate minister here at Good News Church, where Jesus is alive and miracles still happen today. Amen. I'm glad to be with you this evening as we continue our series for our youth ministry called School Rules. And we're talking about the different things that we're going to need for a successful school year. And I'll go ahead and throw up the graphic. We have respect, is what we talked about last week. Resilience, what we're focusing on today. And we're going to finish up next week with renewal. So we are looking forward to another successful year. And we're going to be talking about what the Word of God has to say to prepare our hearts, to prepare our minds, to prepare ourselves, spirit, soul, and body, to get ready to go back to school. And if you missed last week and you want to go ahead and go back and watch, you can catch all of our content, audio and video, at gncvictoria.com youth. You can catch our YouTube feed. You can see our Anchor FM feed. There's a button there if you prefer to click and listen on Spotify. You can do that. I'll be uploading this to Spotify later. They now have an option where in the app or online you can watch the video feed on Spotify. What a time to be alive. Well, we're going to dive right in, and as I was saying before, today's topic is resilience, and there's a specific scripture that I really want to focus on. I want to dig down deep, chew on it. I love that verb, and this is the one that I'm talking about. It is Proverbs 24 and verse 16, and I love this translation, the New Living Translation. That's the one I'm going to use for tonight. And it says, the godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. And I love how this translation says, the godly may trip, because many other translations will say the righteous man falls, but it's not the same word as fall with finality. It's not fall as in die or fall as in hopeless. This is more of a temporary fall, a trip, a mishap, a mistake, but they will get up again. And then we see the contrast here. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. And I want to begin today with a story about one of my favorite memories. It started off kind of as a painful memory, but then about a year later it was redeemed. And if you know anything about me, I love the sport of basketball. It is my favorite sport to play, one of my favorite sports to watch, and it's just a fun game. One of my favorite traditions, speaking of back to school, is that in the spring, the teachers actually play the seniors in a game of basketball. And man, this past year was a barn burner. We were going back and forth and shooting and stealing and blocking and fumbling the ball, and everyone was having a great time, and the teachers won by one the seniors took a shot with about two or three seconds left, and they missed, and they couldn't get the rebound, and we emerged victorious. But one of the memories that I will never forget is the year 2013 when my favorite professional basketball team, the San Antonio Spurs, went to the NBA Finals. Now, if you know anything about the Spurs, they've been an incredibly successful organization for over 20 years. I grew up with the Spurs winning championships every few years, and I've really only known excellence from them with Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili, who just celebrated a birthday a couple days ago, and Tim Duncan. 
That's really where I want to focus. Because in 2013, if you watch the series, the Spurs lost. And they lost to the Miami Heat with LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh and those guys. But it looked like they were going to win. In fact, in Game 6, which should have been the deciding game in the series, the officials were already rolling out the Larry O'Brien trophy. And it was on the sidelines. And what they wanted was within reach. But then there was a rebound. And it was kicked out to Ray Allen. And he made quite possibly the most clutch shot in NBA history. And then you know what happened. The Heat go on to win Game 7. And they win the National Basketball Association's championship. But that didn't quite sit well with the Spurs. And in fact, the next year, 2014, they won the NBA championship over those same Miami Heat by the largest average margin of victory in finals history. In other words, they took them to the woodshed. And it's an interesting thing and a memory for me because at the start of the 2014 finals, Tim Duncan had this to say, we are glad it is them and we're going to get the job done. So I use that natural illustration to help explain our scripture verse today in Proverbs. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, the Spurs are a bunch of righteous men, but it's an example where we can see they fell down. They wanted something. They were so close and they didn't get it, but they also didn't give up. And that's what we're talking about tonight with resilience. A righteous man may trip. He may stumble, he may fall down seven times, but he doesn't stay down. And that's why I chose the NLT translation, because they don't allow themselves to remain in that position. They get back up. And we're going to look at a few scriptures or a few Bible examples of people who, again, it's not a final fall. It's not a death. It's not a disaster. But they do stumble but they don't stay. And that's what I want from you. That's what it means to be resilient, is that even if you stumble, you do not stay. And I want to talk about Joseph in the book of Genesis. If you've read the story, I love the VeggieTales adaptation about little Joe, but it's a pretty tough story. See, Joseph, he had these dreams, and he had the favor of God on his life. The Lord had amazing plans for him, just like he knows the plans that he has for you plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you future and a hope. But Joseph, he didn't quite know how to handle those dreams and those plans. He, see, he went and told the wrong people. He told people who were jealous. He told people that, I mean, he saw every day, maybe he was on the same team as them. Maybe they had the same classes together. Maybe they grew up together. But at this point in time, their visions were kind of diverging. And he told them the dreams that God gave him. And in this particular context, in that instance, it may have been a mistake the way that he handled it. He may have stumbled that, kind of fumbled in that area a little bit. And his brothers were so fed up with him that they wanted to kill him. Thankfully, they didn't. They just sold him into slavery, which itself is horrible, dehumanizing him and lowering his value when the Lord knows that we are all precious and valuable. I mean, that's something that we learn in the children's church, right? Jesus loves the little children, not just all the children of Good News Church, but all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, and as Pastor Ruben likes to say, and brown, in case they forget that color, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. And Jesus loved Joseph too. 
God was watching over him to prevent him from being killed, and it looked like he was down because they threw him in a pit. And he said, ah, we'll come back later and and figure it out. We'll do something with him, but we're going to first put him down. And that's what happens a lot of times when you share your dreams with the wrong people. They'll try and put you down. They'll try and destroy the things that God has put on you. See, they ripped that coat of many colors that he had, a symbol of the favor from his father. You see where we're going with this? And Joseph, well, once they took his coat from him and they lied about him and they put him down in that pit, it seemed like he wasn't going to be able to come back from that. But he got back up. See, as the story goes on, he was in a position of power in Potiphar's house. And maybe it was his fault. Maybe, obviously, there was some entrapment involved, but he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. See, the first mess up was he told the wrong people his dreams. He shared precious things with people who didn't deserve those precious things. And that's another reason that Jesus cautions his disciples, don't throw your pearls before swine, because they don't know how to handle those. To a pig, a pearl has no value. And to Joseph's brothers, his dreams had no value. So they put him down. Thankfully, the Lord rescued him out of that pit, and he was sold into slavery, but God works all things together for good, for the good of those who are called according to his promises, those who love him. So Joseph's in this position now where the person who owns him, he's now in a position of power. He's running that man's household. He's prospering in that household. But he finds himself in the wrong place at the wrong time. And that's another thing we have to watch out for this school year. We have to be careful who we hang around with, especially when it comes to one-on-one scenarios. Because Joseph finds himself in this house alone with this woman She makes a move on him, and this is not gender-specific here. If you are alone with a man or alone with a woman or even someone of the same sex, these days you have to be careful. I'm not saying distrust everyone and and don't uh, allow yourself to show the love of Jesus. I'm saying be wise about where you are and who you are with. Because Joseph being there alone with no witnesses, no backup, nobody to look out for him, Well, it could have been another area where he tripped. In fact, when she came after him, she took his clothes away. And so there he goes running, exposed and everything. And you may think, man, there's no way he comes back from this. Now he's in prison. Now he is in the depths. You thought the pit was bad. There was no bars in the pit. There were no jailers in the pit. And that's where Joseph finds himself now. But he continues to trust God. Just like we read in Proverbs, a righteous man, Joseph in his heart was still righteous. He was still trusting God and believing God. God, you gave me a vision. You gave me a dream. You gave me something to hold on to through all of this chaos. And God raises him out of the prison. So first, he was surrounded by people who didn't understand his vision. God lifted him from that situation. Then he was surrounded by people who were trying to assassinate his character. God lifted him out of that position, and he finds himself in the company of kings, face-to-face with Pharaoh. Wow, the most powerful man on the planet at that point in history. And he becomes a second-in-command to the entire country. And God even uses Joseph in that area, in that situation, to bring salvation to the people who spoke against him. Now he's in a position to feed his brothers. Now he's in a position to feed the nation of Egypt, which includes Potiphar's house and Potiphar's wife. 
See, because he allowed the Lord to lift him back up. See, our scripture verse today says a righteous man trips seven times. It doesn't say that an unrighteous man, in fact, the wicked, they're destroyed by one single calamity. He could have given up in the pit and said, well, that's that. So much for your plans for me, God. He could have given in to Potiphar's wife and say, man, you know, I really wanted to wait and, and preserve this special gift that the Lord has given me and honor him with my body and my sexuality. And he could have stumbled there. Thankfully, he fled and ran away, but the Lord lifted him from that situation as well. And now he's in a position to exact revenge. He sees his brothers and the power that he has. Oh, man, this could have been it. But our scripture verse says that a righteous man may fall, may trip, and he gets up. And Joseph proves how righteous he allows God to keep him because it's only through the Lord's power. And he is able to forgive. He's able to love. He's able to bring redemption into that situation because that could have been the ultimate, I told you so. It could have been the ultimate, look at me now. It could have been, look how you are and look who I am. Who's the real winner here? But Joseph wasn't like that. Joseph was a righteous man. And that is why we see God raise him up from the pit from the prison. Now he's with Pharaoh in the palace. And because he trusted God, because he remained righteous in God's sight, he is the instrument the Lord uses to save an entire geographic region. When you go back to school and you're shading in the ancient Mesopotamia on the map or in Egypt and the Suez Canal and the Rock of Gibraltar and the Mediterranean Sea and all that stuff, I want you to remember, wow, Pharaoh and Joseph under him was in control of all of this because he allowed the Lord to lift him up. He didn't stay down. And that takes resilience. You know, when I was in high school, I had a friend and he hurt himself during football, but he worked really, really hard to come back. And when he came back, he hurt something else. And then he had to work really, really, really hard to come back. And he even got to go play in college. But in college, he got hurt again. And I marveled at how strong he was because a lot of people can come back from physical setbacks. We've had people in our youth class who've had sports injuries. They've been able to come back and they say, you know, wrap me up, coach, put me back in. Some of us have required surgery to bounce back. And physically, it's a task. You know, you lose all your muscle mass and, and all those gains that you've been working on. And now you got to slowly come back. But even more than that, it takes a mental toll, and that's the kind of resilience that we want to see this school year. The kind of mentality that says, even if the people that I share my dreams with put me down, I'm going to bounce back. Even if I find myself in the wrong place at the wrong time, whether, oops, I shouldn't be here, or, man, they laid a trap for me, I'm going to bounce back from that. Even if I fall down this school year, I'm going to get back up. Because, and here's the key, I'm going to go back to the scripture so we can see it. The godly, the righteous, we have to put our trust in the Lord. Because one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. And in order for us to get back up again, even after seven times, seven stumbles, seven slip-ups, seven mistakes, whatever it is, we have to put our trust in the Lord 
And I'll leave you with one more Bible story here. In the New Testament, the disciples are going across a lake on a boat, and a storm shows up, and then they think they see this ghost on the water. And then Peter recognizes, no, that's, that's Jesus. And so he kind of gives this ultimatum. He says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to go to you. And so Jesus calls him out onto the water. This is kind of where we get that, uh, that song about take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. And they say it takes faith to step out of the boat. So Peter steps out of the boat in the middle of this storm, but he gets distracted because he had his eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, like we read in Hebrews, and he starts to sink. And as I was reading that story, I can't help but think of our scripture verse for today. So Peter is notorious for always getting in trouble, but he trusts in God and he doesn't sink. So as we look at our scripture one more time, I want you to realize that because Peter reached out to Jesus, he was able to rise again. Peter gets back in the boat because he did not allow the circumstances to overcome him. So we'll close today with my encouragement to you. I'm going to leave this up for us today. Proverbs 24, 16 in the New Living Translation says, The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. One disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. So as we get ready for the school year, I want to say a prayer over you guys before I let you go. And I want to encourage you to remain righteous, remain godly, remain just surrounded by the presence of God so that when we run out of gas, we are resilient. We bounce back just like Peter, just like Joseph, just like the Spurs in 2014, because we put our trust in the Lord. Can we pray together? Father, thank you so much for the miracles, signs, and wonders that you have done in our lives. Thank you so much for everything that you continue to do in us, through us, around us, even to our friends and our family. And I thank you, God, for being merciful with us. When we slip, when we fall, when we are the ones who make mistakes, God, you are the one who redeems those mistakes. And I thank you for resilience this school year in our students and Everything that they're going to face, God, you know the teammates they're going to have, you know the grades they're going to get, the quizzes they're going to take, the games they're going to play, some they'll win, some they won't, the lessons that they will learn. You know the friendships that will prove not to be permanent. You know the relationships where people will lay traps and and try and drag us down, but we're not going to stay down. Even when we slip, we don't stay. Even when we stumble, we don't stay. Even when we fall down, God, we put our trust in you. And I thank you, my Father, for everything that you have planned for us, just like we know that our theme scripture, you have appointed us. Even before we were born, you appointed a calling over us, a pathway for us. You know our next step before we even move. And God, you know the hard things we're going to deal with this year. But we don't give up. We don't allow the enemy to intimidate us. We don't allow the words that people to say against us to take root in our hearts. Lord, I speak Isaiah 54 and verse 17 over our students that no weapon formed against them will prosper. And any tongue that rises against them in false judgment is condemned. What God has blessed, no man can curse. And I thank you, my Father, that you sustain our students, that you protect our students, that no matter how many times that they stumble, they will get back up. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, 
Amen. Well, we've got one more week in our series. So for now, I'll let you go. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, you can go back and catch up with our messages, gncvictoria.com youth. And remember, guys, I love you. God loves you. I'm praying for you, and he is watching over you. We'll see you next time.